Hello, Facebook friends. We are back. Got one more game to break down for you today. The biggest game for I know all four of us on your screens today, and that is the Memphis versus Central Florida football game. Uh, personally, I can't wait uh, for this game to get cranked up today. Going to be a good one as always. Uh, I think if you're as a as a Memphis fan, there's no other team you want to beat more than Central Florida. Um, yeah. Been a thorn in our side, to say the least, over the last uh, what three four years uh, for sure. Um, but you know, thinking back to you know all the years that I've been following Memphis football, not trying to show my age, um, but you know, think back to the day when uh, when when they had. Uh, what was the quarterback that played for Jacksonville? Blake Bortle. Um, yeah. You know he's my quarterback now. Good. Go Broncos. Uh, they weren't, but they weren't a good football team. I mean, we walked in and spanked Central Florida a few times. Uh, I think if you look at today's game, I think that keeping their offense off the field is key. I think if you're Memphis, you got to pound the football, you got to run, you got to show the depth. You got to really use your depth at running back today and run the football really well, pass when you need to, run when you have to, and keep them off the field. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game today. John, give me your preview. You know, uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations. I'm glad uh, McKenzie Melton's back on the sideline for UCF. You know, is especially after that horrific injury two years ago against South Florida, I'm glad he's back on the roster, and um, prayers go out to him still because he's still battling the injury. You know, the injury is still not official 100% because he's still working out and everything, but he's still not 100%. But uh, I hope, like we just talked about, you know, the secondary is going to have to get better tonight or this afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. The offensive line is going to basically not do dumb penalties and have false start penalties. And – Whole, you know, I think it's gonna be a time of possession game going down to the wire. I think hopefully, like we just talked about, the running game gets going with Clark, Watkins, uh, Martin, even if he gets a few more carries, and Marquarius Weaver, who got a good game in last week against SMU. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I'm just hoping our defense comes ready to play against a, a Gabriel at quarterback for Central, for Central Florida. Because he is a dual threat quarterback, he not, might not have ran the ball for a lot of yards this year for UCF, but I, I think he's a threat at quarterback for UCF. I mean, it, when you when you talk about Gabriel, John, he's eighty-seven for one hundred thirty-nine, one thousand one hundred fifty-five yards passing, nine touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. Uh, I just I'm not a fan of Josh Heifel. I'm not a fan of his coaching decisions that he makes. I think that he gets in a tight game situation and he doesn't know what to do. Um, I think that's the difference in him and Scott Frost. Scott Frost was a much smarter coach than Josh Heifel. Guys, I really have to pee, so give me just one second. I'm sorry. Just uh, air, mute, really? mute the microphone, please. <laughs> Goodness. Um, hey, that's what Brandon was saying dude, on air. I love having him on this on this show, man. It's it's so much more enjoyable. Not that it's not fun anyway. Uh, but I think today's a big game for Ryan Silverfield. I think if you look at the Memphis program, if Ryan Silverfield can get this win, a win that Norvell never got, uh, I think 
that puts him – I don't want to say it makes him a better coach, but it puts him in that talk and in that um, – um, what's the term I'm looking for here? That was fast. Oh, Lord. Is he not um, through? <laughs> there's no, there's no way he washed his hands. Oh, I definitely uh, did. There was. <laughs> um, I think when you go back and look at, like I said, uh, Ryan Silverfield, I think if he get, I think he, I think he gets the win today, and I think he does something that Norvell could not do, um, and that's beat Central Florida. I think, I think Memphis gets the win. I think it's close, but I think we win. Right. Yeah, um, obviously, like, this year is different. This year's crazy, uh, which I'm not trying to take anything away from UCF, but also, like, we've played two games in three months, you know? Like, yeah. So, like, if, if Silverfield is able to do this, like, this isn't like a Mickey Mouse ring. This isn't an asterisk game because we've had just as much, if not more, stuff go wrong or, like, not as expected as a normal season for us. So, yeah, if Silverfield gets this, this is – I mean, obviously, he's only got one, but this is the biggest win of his career. Um, yeah. And it has, like, it says that benchmark really high. Um, I think, you know, this game's going to come down to, oh, this game's going to come down to, uh, you know, turnovers. Um, if we we can keep the ball, we don't punt, uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game, so we got to be able to keep up. So, as long as we, you know, can match their scores, this can come down to who, you know, who comes down, you know, with with penalties, you know, because UCF, I swear, is the lead leader the last five years when the penalty flag is picked up. Right. So, right. They, they led the league in that one championship game. That's yeah. true. Uh, so as long as, like, we play our game, we don't let them fluster us because they're going to score. They're going to score. You know, it's not That's like, gonna happen. not like, oh, Ben, but don't break. Like, there's going to be a lot of times that the defense is going to break, but we just have to limit those big plays. We have to limit those chunk plays. We have to get off the field on third down. Um, and we just have to try to keep them underneath us. Like, don't let them – because their thing is like, okay, little play, little play, chunk play, little play, mm-hmm. chunk play, you know. Mm-hmm. So, as long as we can keep them in front of us and keep them bottled up, I think – you know, I think we we're more physical. They're faster. I think they are faster, but I think we are more physical. And our our defensive line is gonna have to wreak havoc, and our secondary is gonna have to stay with them, but also like make tackles. Our secondary is gonna have to not do this wimpy arm tackling stuff, or uh, you know, we're gonna have to be able to to make tackles one on one in open space because that's been a killer. Us too is like it's like we're in position, but they mm-hmm. can't make the open field, open space tackle. So uh, we can do those things. We're in prime position to win because because our offense will score. Yeah, we don't have you know the big threat on the ground anymore, but like you know we have other running backs that are capable of doing that and breaking out and getting you know their legs underneath them, their arms and getting their legs underneath them. Uh, hopefully, coaching plays today, and if we do, obviously that's a mismatch every time he's on the field. Double team him, it don't matter. Like he'll 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 get his as long as you know we we feed him the ball, we let him just eat the whole game. But uh, I. Gotta take the boys. Gotta take the hometown. It will be close, but it will also be a forty-plus scoring game. On oh yeah, side. yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I, another thing, when you brought up Copley, I think you bring up a good point. Is when you say they're going to double team. I think a guy today that could really shine, and who I, 
after after the first game having a big game, I'd like to see him have another big game today, and that's Sean Dykes at tight end. I think Sean Dykes is a major mismatch for this football team. Uh, you can put him in the slot. He can also line up and just block your butt on your – you know what I mean? Your back yeah. on the ground uh, to not use too much language. But, you know, uh, Sean Dykes is going to have to have a big game. But let me ask you all a question, man. I mean, y'all – well, I say y'all. Two of y'all are in the Memphis area where uh, I am not. Um, is – that Weaver kid, is he really better than Watkins? Or, I mean, or is that just kind of how the depth chart is at this moment? I think he's better right now than he's better up. I, mean, I think he just wants to use it's like a three running back rotation right now. And I don't, I don't know what it is about Martin, the kid that was chasing from Auburn, two carries last week. And, uh, I see, think, I, and I see. I always felt like Watkins and that Martin kid were stud running backs, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe y'all are hearing different things than I are. Brandon, do you know anything about that? No. Um, Weaver's probably just putting up better reps in practice and getting earning his time. Uh, Asa Martin hasn't really played college football yet. He was at Auburn, then he went to Miami. Uh, and he he didn't even really play. Um, right. So he, he's just trying to get reps under his belt. That's all. Um, and I think he's going to be fine. But yeah, Weaver Weaver impressed me last week. Um, yeah, he did. I, I think he. I think I, we're loaded at running back, so it really doesn't matter who's back there in the backfield to me. Rodriguez Clark is definitely your true number one. Yeah. But yeah. but like. You could you could do any of those three guys at the second uh, backup spot and be happy. Um, but yeah, that, that's about as far as I know as uh, the backup running back position goes. That's the same thing. That's that's the same thing with me. I think we were just getting better shot at practice, and I think we were just producing in practice to be the third running back out there right now. And not to be selfish, but I would like to see uh, Kylan Granberry get a little shine. Oh. Uh, I coached oh, him yeah. in uh, I coached him in youth football for uh, Bartlett Youth Sports, man, and that kid's an absolute stud. Uh, we called him Blueprint back in the day for a reason because we knew watching him on freaking Saturday mornings at nine thirty that that little sucker was going to play some football on Saturday. And I am blessed and honored to have got a chance to coach him and really happy to see him playing for the Tigers. Um, I think another key today is our secondary, as you mentioned, Ryan. Um, I, I Amy, yeah, isn't Andy, that always, isn't my that always bad, Andrew. Um, but my thing is, I mean, TJ Carter I, is he fully healthy? I, I just he doesn't look like the same TJ Carter that I've seen. I'm not worried about the secondary as long as Levanta Oliver is not starting. Good point. Uh, now, Jacob. Jacoby very Francis played very, very well last week, and I was very impressed. This was a shock. Yeah, yeah completely. Uh, can great. we go back to Sean Dykes real quick? I know, yeah, I know we sure. kind of missed that, but uh, uh, just like like you said, he's, he is vertically. He can line him up in many versatile ways, but uh, Memphis hasn't used the tight end position the way it should be used ever since Alan Cross left. Like, like Daniel Montiel. When uh, Ferguson was here, he was open on a lot of things. Yes. I, mean, I know Riley liked the deep ball. The middle of the field's the open ball. every play. Every time. Yeah, it is. Joey, Joey set the record uh, for tight end yards and stuff, but he could have doubled that easily. 
Oh, I think Joey was really underutilized as a no, tight end. No, sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, for sure, for sure. Joey but should like, be in the NFL. NFL. Completely agree. He's get if it if it wasn't for Rona, he would be in there somewhere. But uh, with, Sean, with Sean Dykes being able to line him out, like you said, in slots, his speed has gotten better. Uh, yeah. I remember the Houston game a few years ago where he was wide open, nobody was within twenty yards of him, and he got caught in behind him real quick. But his speed's gotten better, yes. his hands gotten better, his blocking uh, looked good. The Arkansas State game, uh, but being able to line him up in different places is gonna be able to give Brady a little more like breathing room because like having him underneath because UCF like do that. Like a Neba defense, like Dick LeBeau right. used to do in Pittsburgh, you know, his little creation there. Uh, but with them having different looks and pressure coming from different places, um, with him being able to have that option either across the middle as well as, you know, the running back will dump uh, pass, uh, I think that will help him in his confidence and also, you know, bring the defense in some so that Coxie can have, and Calvin Austin can't have deep. Right. Breakaway plays. Connor Ferguson said uh, Drake is going to run for 150 yards today for the Tigers. Okay. All right. I agree. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, and like you were talking about our, our wide receivers and really all, you know, wide receivers tight end, I think one thing that I'm really impressed with, and I think, I think it's improved since Silverfield has been there, is our precise route running that we have. If you look at Coxie, man, He'll snap a damn ankle coming off a flag route on you. It's really impressive. Dykes is the same way. Um, but our athleticism at the wide receiver position and tight end, which is kind of an interchangeable to me, um, is where I think our our strength is. What about offensive line? I mean, ha, with all this COVID, I mean, are we having to shift guys around and move guys to different places, or are we pretty well? Our O-line's healthy. Okay. They're good. I mean, you got Obina at left tackle, Parham's at right tackle, I believe. Um, you still got uh, Manny uh, in the middle. Um, I'm not sure about the guard positions. They're pretty interchangeable. Um, but hey, Connor wants to know: is, is that your swimming cap, John? <laughs> no. Um, it's my it's, so it's my celebrity line is good. Oh, okay, I got you. I got yeah. you. Um, speaking of Memphis, let's jump over to the basketball team real quick, if you guys Ooh. don't mind. Um, and by the way, I am picking the Tigers to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured we all did. Yeah. If we if, if uh, we didn't, then I have. I, I haven't so, done my um, pick yet, and you wanted to talk about Laird Beach as well. Yeah. We can. Yeah, you want to talk about Laird Beach real quick. Let's talk yeah, about basketball because that's what Wes wanted to do real quick. I'll go. Um, yeah, let me just jump to ba- – oh, i tell you what. Let's – yeah, we can do basketball and then we'll go back to the AD. Um, looking at basketball, of course, I'm not there. I mean, I follow them to a certain degree. I see we had a, we've had some huge signings coming up recently mm-hmm. – or, I'm sorry, recently. Um, give me the state of the program uh, as far as y'all are concerned uh, with the basketball program and just what Penny's doing and also – who would you like to see us bring in as the assistant to replace Mike Miller? Well, in a perfect world, I'd want Vince Carter as my assistant. But this world isn't perfect. Um, and it's 2020. It, yeah. I don't know why, but I want a former player to get it. Somebody like Antonio Anderson mm-hmm. or Trey Draper. One of those guys, that have, or even uh, uh, Preston Laird, they've worked their butts off. 
Um, Antonio is a very successful high school coach. So yes, he is. I've, I've, um, I've mentioned his name numerous times for that for that position. Uh, he interviewed for it as well. Um, but I, I really think that a guy like Preston Laird coming in, who's mm-hmm. been around college basketball since he got done playing here um, as a grad assistant, and now he's an assistant, I believe, at Arkansas Little Rock. Little Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to add him to the to the staff, uh, but you know what? I trust Penny. Um, he hasn't done me wrong yet. I mean, for 20, 2021, we haven't even played the 2020 season. We have the number three ranked recruiting class in the country. This is without one assistant coach, which is a marquee recruiter. Cody Topper. On a a national level, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you have zero guys from Memphis committed here. Um, As far as, um, like, recruiting goes, though, Penny and Cody Topper and Tony Matlock are working their asses off countlessly, and I can't appreciate it more. Um, Penny, it just shows to me how bad Penny wants to win something for this city, and I think he's going to do it eventually. I don't know when, um, but he's loading this team up for the future, and I really think that something special is going to happen in Memphis soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brandon put the nail in the coffin when he basically said Preston Laird, you know, he was a, was he, something like a graduate assistant for a little bit at UNLV. He's a grad, yeah, grad assistant at UNLV. Then he went to Arkansas Little Rock. Right. And then I think he's just doing a good job recruiting in Arkansas Little Rock, to be honest with you as well. Like he comes into Memphis and looks at high school games while he's there, you know, being at Arkansas Little Rock. And to me, you got to have another top-notch assistant coach who's been in the Memphis program and played at Memphis as a walk-on and said, hey, mm-hmm. like the football team, we get the walk-ons that succeeded in the college football yeah. rooms. He could say, hey, I'm a walk- I was a walk-on at Memphis, but I ended up, you know, getting a little bit of playing time. You never know what could happen in the future, basically. Yeah. But I'm worried. What I'm, you know, I am concerned uh, in a way about Nolly coming in from Virginia Tech. Just because of the touches that the people are going to get on the team, in a way. That's he the, needs those touches. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just getting ready to Lester, say. Lester, I'm not saying Lester's not reliable. Lester's going to be very reliable this year. But if Lester's not hitting shots like he wasn't last year and Boogie's not hitting shots, a guy like Landers Nolly is going to come in there and score 20 points a game that you need for you to win those games that you couldn't win last year. Also, he has very, very, very good handles. We turn the ball over. I think we average turnovers like 14 a game, right? Yeah. 15, yeah. something like that. If we don't turn the ball over this year, Memphis has – with Musa, uh, the sky's the limit for this year. But I'm like, – like, like I was talking about recruiting and everything. I'm excited for the future. But Landers Nolly – I'm going to go out on a limb and say he wins conference player of the year. I'm not you know, worried about him I mean, one bit. I think if you look at every edition of this basketball team, at the end of this, at the end of the season, Landers Nolly will be the best acquisition this Memphis team has. I honestly believe it, man. Because if you look at Lester Quinones from last season, number one, I love his shorts. 
just go and get that out the way. Best but, style in college basketball. You know, oh yeah, but you know, it, he he does sit around the three point line, and I and I get it. He has that range. But if he's not hitting, we can't have him in the game. We've got to pull him out, bring somebody in that can hit those shots to keep the game moving, to keep the you know to keep keep the positivity going. Uh, but I'm very impressed with what Penny Hardaway is doing uh, on and off the court for the university, for the city, for everything about it. Um, but let me ask a question about the athletic director. Um, I've had a, I've reading the message boards and things like that. You see a lot of criticism. Hang on a second. Okay, what, I was ahead, to, what I was trying to say about Dolly, though, I'm just like concerned about DJ Jeffries playing time, you know, in the long mm -hmm. run, in a way. DJ is going to be fine. What DJ needs to do is shoot the ball, and he's going to be fine. He can't be well, as passive as he was last year. If he's as passive, then he's not going to be as good. Well, what's the deal about Stokes right now? Because it's like I'm concerned about Stokes in a way too. He's Penny. Why are you concerned? Well, Penny says he's getting the best footwork, but is he showing up at practice and everything? And or what's going on? He's okay. there. He's there. Uh, Isaiah Stokes is going to shock some people this year. Dude, he's a beast, man. He is an absolute freaking beast. Well, and people are like, "Oh, he was terrible at Florida." Well, first of all, he played hurt, and second of all, he tore his ACL. When you tear your ACL, it's hard to come back. He came back, what, two years ago at Florida. This will be his first year back on the floor. And he only averaged two points and one rebound a game. I don't care. He only played in ten games his second year at Florida. The kid's going to be a monster. He was a five-star football and basketball recruit. Athleticism, ooh, mimosas. Um, athleticism, you can't teach that. And that's something that Isaiah Stokes is going to be fine with. Now, is he going to start? No, because I think Lance Thomas is the secret weapon to this team. And if Lance Thomas is shooting the ball like we saw some points last year, then uh, we're going to be fine. Who do y'all want to have a breakout year this year? I want Leslie to because I heard so much. Like, I heard y'all talking about his shooting and stuff earlier. Like, I really want him to just be consistent with his shooting. Like, I think Boogie's going to have his breakout year. Uh, but I'm just really hoping that Lester can get over that mental hump that he had. Because, I mean, he's so fun to watch. Like, either whether it's on Twitter or whatever. Like, he's he's fun to watch because he talks. And I wanted to be able to not get hurt and be able to really back it up this year and just really splash on people. This year. I'm hoping Lester as well. But I, I think Alex Lomax is going to have an Andre Allen type year. Okay. All right. I'm that kid, that kid works harder than anybody in college basketball, and he is a dog. He might be undersized. He might be undersized. But I've been watching film from practices and stuff like that that they've been posting. Alo looks really good, and I know it's practice, but Alo looks really good, and he looks confident. And, yes, I hate losing Tyler Harris more than anything because that's my boy. Cordova boy, love that guy, close with his family. Tyler Harris leaving was the best thing for Alex Lomax. It's going to give Alo more playing time, and it's going to give Alo this confidence. Hey, I can go out here, back up Boogie, be the backup point guard, and play my ass off. I think Alex Lomax is going to have a great year this year. Here's the thing, and don't get me wrong, I loved, I loved Tyler Harris. I love hometown, hometown kid, staying home, playing for Penny. I loved it. But I, in my opinion, and, and I mean, it's just my opinion, I think out of those two, Alex Lomax is the better basketball. 
player. I don't wrong. I like Tyler Harris. Nothing against him. I think for this basketball team, for this system, for how Penny runs his team, Alex Lomax is the man to put in that position at point guard and let him facilitate and run with all of these freaking gazelles we've got. We can you also have to think, this is Alex's team. He's a junior. We don't yeah. have any seniors. He's right. been on the team longer than anybody on, on the team. This yep. is his team. Yep. And he and he's a true leader. We saw it at East. Yep. I mean, the, the, kid, the kid is awesome. And there's no doubt, I love Cordova. But whenever we played against East, it wasn't James Wiseman. I also think Malcolm Dandridge is going to have a really good year. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't James Wiseman and Malcolm Dandridge killing Cordova. It was Alex Lomax taking it to Tyler Harris and making Tyler use every fiber in his being for energy. Lomax doesn't slow down, yeah. and he's not, not going to. And that kid, like I said, he is a dog, and he has great defense. And honestly, COVID's going to help us this year. Because you're playing more teams in your conference than you are out of conference. So all those out of conference games, you don't have potential to lose. Now, I do think the Ohio State game, I think we're going to go up to South Dakota. I think we're going to win that t- tournament in South Dakota. Um, very good chance. Very good chance. There's a very, very good chance that we win that um, if, as long as we get past Ohio State. But, yeah, uh, that, that kid was, has always been the leader for Penny's teams that Penny has coached. Mm-hmm. All the way from Leicester Middle School, all the way to East to now, Alo has been ridiculed by the media, and fans are like, "Oh, he's not that good." Alex Lomax is going to show out this year, and I am going to laugh at everybody when they're like, "Oh man, Alo, I've always believed in you." Blah blah blah. And it was it was the same thing with Tyler last year when Tyler would bail us out of a game. Everybody's like, oh, Tyler can't shoot. And then he'd bail us out of game, scored 20 points, and we'd be right there in the game. Um, Very similar to Brady White, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to that when I make my pick. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but, like, Alo is Memphis. He is the definition of Memphis. He's grit, tough, works as hard as he can, puts his lunch – takes his uh, hard hat and his lunch pail to work every day. He might not be the best off. Offensive player, but the dude's a dog and he's going to come to play. And I'm sorry I'm not trying to rant and take over anything, but I trust Alex Lomax. I think he's the best defender on the team by far. I I can see that. I think DJ is right there with him, but yeah, I can see that. DJ has length, though, that Alo does not have. Yeah. When it comes to the athletic director, I, I'm very – I mean, of course, the old athletic director we know uh, was very pro-football, uh, pro-build football up, uh, where I've heard that uh, Laird is, is not maybe more that guy. I could be wrong. I mean, it's just based on what I'm hearing. Um, give me your opinion on the athletic director and also just the future and the state of both programs, basketball. You're talking about, you're talking about the past R.C. Johnson, right? No, screw R.C. Johnson. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Bowen. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, losing Tom Bowen hurt the football program more than it hurt any other athletic program in, in the school. But um, 
hiring. I, I still think Laird Veach is a slam dunk hire. The guy in his first year got the host college game day. His his basketball team hire like had the number one recruiting class in the country, had all the hype in the world. They did a great job with controlling that. Um, um, but I mean, and then we went to the Cotton Bowl. I can't complain. I can't complain about it. Laird Beach is an all-around athletic director, and Memphis hasn't had that. He cares about yeah. all the programs. He doesn't just care about basketball or just football. Um, and as far as the state of both programs go, basketball I'm in love with. Football, we're we're still there. There's nothing wrong with us. We lost to SMU by three points on the road after not playing in over a month, basically. Um, and SMU's a good team. But, yeah, I'm not worried about either of them. I like Laird Beach. Um, he's still a young athletic director, so we have to give him time to, like, get settled in. You know what I mean? Uh, he's been here for over a year now, but still got to have time to settle in. Um, especially never being an athletic director before them. Uh, he was at Florida as a as a uh, associate athletic director, I believe, um, and he was an interim athletic director at Kansas State. But he has the Power Five credentials. He has the tie-ins, the, and they also brought him in here. COVID killed everything, but they brought him in here to be a fundraising guy, um, and he's he's done a good job because the Highland Hundred is continuously giving money to the University of Memphis for football, and the rebounders are doing a great job with basketball. Right, you know, can you say something yeah. up there. I can see it. So, Go ahead, a, lot of that, that you were, a lot of that you were saying that he, uh, that he like, did in, like, the first year, a lot of that was handed to him on a silver platter, though. Like, a lot of that was going to happen no matter if we had, a, like, you know, athletic director or not. Like, Tom Bowen did lay a very good foundation. You have um, to remember Tom Bowen did not want Penny Hardaway to be the head basketball right, well, no, coach, though. Right. Tom Bowen exactly right. for, for football. Um, and then basketball was just in trouble ever since, you know, once the allegations and stuff. Came yeah. Out. So, that was in yeah, trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, that was going to happen regardless of the athletic director or not. I'm more, uh, like, looking into once, you know, technically this is the second year. But next year when it's an actual regular year and it's not like mm-hmm. all this stuff, like, because last year, you know, we had a – this great team and all this stuff that was happening in football and then basketball, all these people were coming in. And then this year is um, this year with the run and everything. So next year, like everything gets back to normal. That would be the year that I'm like, all right, like beach, what do you, what do you, you know, what are you really made of? What are you really like when, you know, the grindstone starts hitting against them and what are you really made of when this stuff just isn't given to you the first year? Cause like, cause like, you know, look at some teams, uh, like when the coach comes for a first year, it's like, oh my gosh, he's great. And then you know, his players start getting in there, and then, or you know, you kind of look at, you know, Norvell right now kind of took a crap program, you know. But when Beach came in, he came into a good situation. I'm not taking. I love him, his family. They're all not. Every time I've met them, awesome guy. Uh, so I'm, I'm just looking forward to what he's going to do 2021 and beyond. That's what I'm looking at. Beach also needs to take advantage of having Ali Prescott in his pocket because Ali Prescott did a great job for the summer that he was the interim athletic director after Tom Bowen left. Um, but I really think that Beach, as a young guy, needs to kind of settle into this role. It's still still early in his tenure. 
Yeah, it's um, trash. But his job is to get us in a Power Five conference. That's his job. So this he's got to keep basketball. Nashville. <laughs> yes. How far uh, did he go? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. He's he's playing. He's playing top golf. This is great. Um, man. All right. So Brandon, when it comes to the game today at two thirty, uh, who do you think is going to get the win? Lock of the week on October seventeenth of two thousand and fifteen. The Memphis Tigers were underdogs to the Ole Miss Rebels at the Liberty Bowl on ABC. Holy crap. October 17th <laughs> of 2020, the Memphis Tigers are underdogs to UCF at the Liberty Bowl. We've lost one game. One game to a ranked team at the Liberty Bowl. No, UCF's not ranked, but they, they will be at some point. The Tigers are going to go out there and stomp a mud hole in UCF's ass today. And it's not going to be close. That defense showed me something in the second half last week. And they got Mike McIntyre's defense has me fired up. And for all these people, and I don't know how many people are watching because I can't see. For all these people saying, oh, Brady White's not that good. Shut up. Brady White took your team to win a conference championship last year and your team to the Cotton Bowl set the record for passing yards in the Cotton Bowl. He's the best quarterback we've had since Paxton and Riley. I know he's right after both of them. He's better than both of them. He's going to be a backup in the NFL someday. Paxton can't keep a job in the NFL. And we don't know what Riley is doing. And that, that's that's no offense to either of those guys. Place. That's what he's doing. But Brady White works harder than any anybody on our team as far as, as – oh, my gosh. As far as um, just putting in the work, work ethic, everything like that. I am tired of hearing people saying, oh, Brady White's not that good. When is this kid from LSU going to be available? Stop it. Stop it. This kid has been good for you for three years, and he's going to continue to be good for you. You have to give him credit where credit is due. Yes, the offense is set up for him to be successful. I agree with that. But when you have an O line the receivers like Coxie uh, uh, and uh, uh, Calvin Austin guys like that it's it's done for Brady White's a good quarterback and I'm tired of people crapping on him secondly y'all mentioned Sean Dykes earlier in 2018 Sean Dykes tore up UCF in that conference championship game Today, he's going to tear UC, UCF up terribly. They don't have a great defense. No, they yeah, don't. They, have, they have a good offense. But our defense showed me something last week, and I am excited for it. The Tigers, Tigers win by 22. Wow. Wow. What a lock. Jeez. Just- lock of the week. Lock it up. Lock it up. Go to Tunica. Go to Tunica and put your money on it. <laughs> He's telling the fans to go put money on Memphis. Lock of the week. Wow. I like it, though. But you know what? You bring up two really good points. Without Brady White at the helm at quarterback last year, we're not in the conference. There's no argument. That should be 
no argument from any Memphis fan on that, in my opinion. Um, the only other guy I've seen throw the ball was Connor Adair, and I forgot that sucker was even still on the team. I feel like he's been there for 20 years. Um, I think if you look at Central Florida, you're right. To me, they're built ju just like a Big 12 football team. All offense, no defense, and I think Memphis gets the end today. I, I don't know if it's by 20. I don't care. It could be by one or by 100. As as we owe them one. That's all that matters. We owe them one. Yeah, exactly. We do. We do. We, do. we really owe them two. Oh. Go ahead, Ryan. So we owe them about eight. Yeah. And the rest of us about five. Screw lock of the week. Lock of the year. <laughs> lock of the year. Ryan, who you got, man? What's up? Who you got in the uh, Central Florida and Memphis football game? One more, one more time. Who do you got in the game? Oh, <laughs> got the Tigers, maybe. I'm not going to say 22. Uh, but I will say take the over in this game. Whatever the yes, over is, take the over. If there's a prop bet, we're getting a safety. <laughs> <laughs> Go okay. to Tunica and bet on it right now. <laughs> right. Or the dog track. If the over under is three picked up flags for UCF, take the over on that too. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, but uh, I, think, so I think I think our front seven on defense will keep them on their toes. I don't think their run game is gonna do much of anything. Yeah. Uh, our D line has impressed me this year. I, and you know, speaking of our D line and OB and like those guys, like yeah. Those guys have motors that they don't stop. Like like how you're talking to Alo uh, in basketball. Like Ob Jojo, those boys don't stop. Those nope. Boys don't, you know they 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 create like they demand double teams. Like they they make our linebackers good. You know they make a lot, like they might you might not see them a lot. And, you know might not see all the sacks. Might not see all the tackles. But they demand double teams. Sometimes Ob in the middle demands a triple team. So yeah, and like, you know with that like those guys with this that yeah, with us running that 3-4 scheme, you got to have a nose tackle that's a dog, and I don't think it gets more doggish than OB. Uh, that guy's a dog in the middle. Uh, but you know what? He's kind of, I say, undersized. Uh, I mean, you know, typically when you think of a DT, you think of a guy like a Dante Poe that's just a killer. <laughs> and OB's really not that, but it don't matter because he's athletic as hell. He is a fun to watch. I agree with you completely, Brandon. Our defense is going to shine today. Uh, I think our defense is going to impress a lot of people nationally. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. Yes. Take the ball takeaway, away from them. Takeaway and special teams today is the key. I think if you can win both of those aspects of the football game today, you get the win for Memphis. Uh, guys, it's been another great show. Wes, We've done two. I, got, I, mean, I have a few questions ahead, for Brett. I have a few questions for Brandon and Ryan. You know, we're talking about. Okay. I got to give them credit. They ended up driving down to Orlando for that conference championship. Yeah, we fell short in that game. But they're two loyal fans right there that drove down to Orlando and watched the Tigers play. Can y'all talk about, you know, I know people are comparing UCF fans to Mep or Ole Miss fans to Tennessee fans. But can y'all talk about just the maybe the atmosphere a little bit in general down Orlando? It was the worst college football atmosphere I've ever been in my life. Their students – we're taking open bottles of dip spit and throwing it at our band. 
it's the it's the it's the nastiest college football. It's worse than Tennessee. It's the nastiest college football atmosphere I've ever been around in my life. I'll never go back to Orlando. Was hey Ryan, Ryan, Mike. I think your mic's off there, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, after the game, we went to the locker room, and there was not just like students, but like parents and like older people and stuff, like carrying around these signs and stuff, like through these kids, you know, these players that were with their parents. You know, a lot of them seniors upset, like they were right there and they didn't get it, and they're talking crap and saying, "I'm the third of every national champ. We're coming again." Blah, blah, like all this stuff through through the area where the Tigers players and their parents were, like. Classes like this is out an hour or so after the game's over. So it's like premeditated plan like they were gonna come, and like, it's just it's so classless. And like the stadium, like high school stadiums are like better than that little bounce house. It's just it's just metal bleachers. Like, uh, but with one good thing did come to neither one of us have ever been to Disney World, and so we were just so pissed that we didn't we didn't want to go back to the hotel or whatever. So we drove, and we went. We were about uh we we're about a half a mile away from space. It's Mountain. So, I mean, that's the closest we've been to Disneyland. So, there we go. Saw the top of the castle. That's right. We saw the top third of Cinderella's castle, too. Nice. The most memorable part of that trip, though, was we got there and the team was getting off the bus to go into the stadium. And Mark Giannato from the Commercial Appeal. uh, Thank you. A lot of people aren't big fan of him. I I like Mark. He's a good guy. Um, He might report some bad stories every now and then party buses um but uh yeah uh he interviewed me and asked me what if i was going to the game and ryan and i made that decision after we beat houston that hey we were going to go to the um the game down down there uh we drove down and riley patterson oh he froze uh he's about to say riley patterson's dad saw the article uh, I guess I could let him connect. Maybe he will. There he goes. Yeah. Anyway, you go for it. Okay. Riley, Riley Patterson's parents, um, they knew who we were and everything like that. But he saw the article and read it. Well, we didn't. We were just, just going to go down there and drive back. His dad bought us a hotel room for that, that Saturday for us to stay at. And since then, we... We've had a great relationship with Riley's parents. I love Riley. He is a good, good dude. Um, mm-hmm. And so his whole family is great. They're big St. Louis Cardinals and St. Louis Blues fans, too. So that's double bonus points for me. And let me, let me tell you, it wasn't, a, it, wasn't a motel six. <laughs> it wasn't a Motel 6. It was not. They had a living room. It was room a nice hotel. And a bedroom. And, like, yeah. it was nice. and, and you got, for you got, somebody, for, for a family to do that, for fans, at out of the goodness of their heart, because they knew we were just going to try to drive back the next day. Like, that meant the world to me. Um, Living on Whataburger. Yeah, uh, we, we, we ate at Whataburger. How many times did we stop, Ryan? I think, I think like eight at least. Yeah, we stopped at like Whataburger eight times. Honey butter chicken biscuits? Oh, yeah. Can't beat them. <laughs> all right, I have another question since we're all talking about Memphis football in general. My uh, phone's about to die, Two Memphis all-time favorite football players and top two road games that y'all have ever been to. Yeah, go ahead. Am I included in this, too? Okay. All right, somebody else start. I'm going to go with uh, Anthony Miller. That's number one. Oh. And then – 
Number two, the Cobb brother that ran that kickoff against Tennessee. Because they beat Tennessee that one year. Oh, there it is. But, uh, I'll go back to my stadiums in a second, but y'all can go with your players real quick. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I think me and Bummer are going to have at least one. That's the same. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have one. Um, the man that built Memphis football, D'Angelo Williams, has to be right there. Well, he's my other one. Yeah. Um, D'Angelo. Uh, so, funny story. We beat Ole Miss in 2003. My grandpa, Ole Miss fan, a lot of Ole Miss family members. I asked Eli Manning for his autograph after the game because my dad worked security on the field. He was a security supervisor. Eli Manning told me no, and I, I was eight years old. I started crying. D'Angelo came over to me, got down on a knee, and took a picture with me. And D'Angelo changed my perspective of the University of Memphis football for the rest of my life. He He's the reason why I'm a Tiger fan. Absolutely agree. My second one is Steven Gostowski. That, and I know a lot of people don't pick a kicker, but one of the most memorable things that I'll, I'll never forget, Jake and Riley have legs. Steven Gostowski would do a kickoff, and it sounded like a cannon went off. It, they, would have, they would literally put the field goal nets up with Gostowski on kickoffs, and, and it would go into the net. I mean, like, the, the dude was incredible. Um, but, yeah, uh, those two helped build Memphis to where we are today, and I have to give them credit. There's there's so many more that I can name, um, and I don't want to label them as favorites because I love all of them equally. Um, right. The teams that we've had the last few years are just – I can't I, – I, I can't, can't go against them, you know what I mean? I would say, man, that's tough, man. I've been watching the Tigers for a long, long time. Uh, all right, I'll give an old school guy and a new school, quote unquote, new school guy. Uh, old school was a wide receiver that played for Memphis back in the day by the name of Ryan Roth Kelly. Uh, I don't know if too many people remember that name. Uh, kind of a. Uh, <laughs> Kind of a West Welker type slot receiver, uh, dropped a lot of uh, dropped a lot of passes back in the day. Uh, but I always just like Ryan Ross Kelly. I, I, matter of fact, John, I'm a good school player. Uh, <coughs> Ryan Ross Kelly, another guy by the name of Damian Dotson, uh, a wide receiver that played at Memphis a long time ago. Um, I would have to say that. Riley Ferguson is probably one of my favorite players. Um, just his moxie about him, his 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 swagger to him. Uh, I always enjoyed it at quarterback. Um, guy, let's see the fourth man. That's hard, John. We've watched a lot of Tigers come in and out. Um, probably Coot Terry, if anybody remembers that name from when the Tigers. Uh, won the uh, New Orleans Bowl back in the day. Uh, Coop played linebacker. Uh, every time he made a tackle, the whole stadium would yell Coop. Uh, just really enjoyed Coop Terry. All right, Ryan, what you got, man? Um, So, yeah, D-Will, obviously, uh, is the man that made Memphis for me. Because uh, I went I went to games when I was just, like, real little. My dad's uh, – one of my dad's best friends growing up was a uh, defensive coordinator for Army back in the day. So, like – you know, mid 
because I was going to games because we play Army every once in a while. Right. Um, but the man that, like, I remember, like, going to see and, like, uh, like oh. being able to, like, go down to the wall and, like, have a conversation with him yeah, uh, was D-Will. And so D-Will obviously made that for me. And honestly, my other one was going to be uh, Gostowski. Uh, but Bum said that one. I didn't want to have both of the same for him. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I loved watching Danny Wimprine, too. That man, that man was awesome. Uh, and he was he was also one of the ones that, like, was friendly and was able They're picking Memphis versus UCF now. Fairly, huh, what? They're picking Memphis UCF game on the game day. Okay. Let me know what they say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, just, like, the Danny Wimprime, D-Will, like, era is, like, Derrick you know, Henry just I went to games before that, but that was like what started like the passion. Like I was, I'd have the clothes or whatever and go to the game, but but you know that O three, you know O two O three to O five, you know team is like what really like ingrained it in me. So yeah, that, that's yeah. you know, so we were talking about like the angel put us on the map. I think back in the Motor City Bowl when we beat Akron, you know, we showed out and broke the all-purpose yardage. And everything like that. It showed to put Memphis on the map in general in that game as well. Because, you know, I don't know how many more years Tommy West had after that. Totally forgot. But, but you know, I think the best bowl game that I've been to hey, is other every than, single one of them just picked UCF. Good. Let them pick it. Yep. You know, I, I just think, you know, the best road trips I've been on, you know, as a fan in general is probably the Cotton Bowl, although we did lose the game. We showed out. The fans showed out. The basically, the team never gave up at all throughout that whole ball game. <laughs> they wanted to play hard for somebody, you know, and they yeah, played. I, wanted to play for the city. And I yeah. also like Ford Field back in the day in the Akron Motor City Bowl. You know, Arkansas State is probably you know has improved their stadium by far as well as what I've been told. You know, it's just hard to go wrong. I want basically, you know, I want Arkansas State to stay on the schedule. In the future, or do y'all want to basically have more games? I know we're going to get more games eventually with Power Five schools because Coach Beach has that connection. But are y'all okay with Arkansas State and Middle Tennessee and all them on the schedule? I would like to keep Arkansas State on the schedule just because of the close proximity in, in Jonesboro. Uh, it's a nice drive for both fan bases. Uh, and, it's, and it's not a bad little rivalry for Memphis. Um, as far as stadiums for me, John, uh, man, that's tough, man. Do you miss uh, the Superdome? Like I asked you last week, though. I was just getting ready to say, I miss the Superdome, man. Just going down there and watching Memphis play Tulane back in the day. Uh, fun fact, actually, Memphis was the last team to play on the old turf in the Superdome before they changed it. Uh, we played Tulane there. Um, a guy by the name of Scott Vogel, if that name rings a bell for anyone, uh, Scott Vogel had a huge interception in that game against Tulane, uh, and we got the win. Um, uh, the other one for me, John, is the Liberty Bowl. Uh, I think if you look at favorite I said, stadiums, I said, I said, I said road, by the way. Oh, road. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Um, all right. Well, then give me, um, give me Nippert Stadium up in Cincinnati. Uh, that's a nice stadium to go to. Uh, the fan base in Cincinnati, that, that fan base has always been respectful to me. Uh, another one is have to, is going to have to be Mississippi State. Uh, always enjoyed their fan base, man. 
I hate them damn cowbells, but I always enjoy the fan base. Uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Carla Newman, a uh, big, big, big Mississippi State fan, uh, sister of a uh, direct uh, ath- athletic director or president, one of the two down there. Um, but uh, Carla Newman, very sweet woman. Uh, John, what else you got, man? It's almost game time, guys. Okay, Brandon, who, what's y'all's best road, road games that y'all been, th- been on? Microphone's not on, buddy. Oh, Mike. I, I was making sure, yeah, I, I was making sure you were saying me. Um, so both of mine are actually from losses. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, like y'all said, you know, mm-hmm. can't really say anything else, you know, but just like the atmosphere, we showed up, showed out, um, and lost. But my other one is actually uh, 2014 in Oxford. Um, mm-hmm. That was one like, you know, I'm sure like a lot of y'all do. Y'all had a lot of friends or Ole Miss fans that never went to Oxford before. Is it a sandwich game? Yes, that 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 was I was going to get to that, uh, but like you know, you have a lot of friends that are almost fans that never went to Oxford. They're talking big crap, blah blah blah. Well, we actually, you know, we went down there. We did the tailgate scene and stuff, and a lot of them were like these people kind of suck, and the Grove kind of smells like syphilis and mud. Exactly. So, uh, so they kind of like after that, and like they see like the different culture. Cause I took them to a couple Memphis games too, and like they saw the different cultures and stuff. It's like no, I don't want to be a part of part of that so I had a lot of converts from Ole Miss to Memphis that was cool and at the end of the game uh obviously we lost that was when like we like Paxton was running for his life I remember that running for his life that game like every every play as soon as he got the ball like from the snap he was having to go one way or the other because they had that yep. dominant D-line mm-hmm. um, yep yep and, uh, yeah and uh they uh at the end of the game we were just walking away you know we were Obviously, we pissed we lost, but, like, hey, you know, we kind of held in there pretty good for, you know, what nobody expected for us to do. And all of a sudden, I see this water bottle fly up in the air, and it hits the ground and busts. I'm like, who's going to throw a full water bottle? Then my friend Scott's walking beside me. I see him go like this. I was like, are you good? Man, on his head, there was a sandwich with two bites taken out of it. Somebody threw a sandwich at the back of his head. I was like, What? what? <laughs> And Scott, Scott, sweet boy, never did anything wrong to anybody. Sweet boy. Uh, he the back of that with a sandwich. <laughs> so that was a memorable time, too, but mostly for the conference we had. My, my two are Nippert and Cincinnati. Um, I went to the game when Riley got a concussion and Jason Stewart got in the game and tore them up. That was very fun. Um, also, also, that game that I was just talking about, was he had back surgery the day before, and we still went. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I had back surgery that. the day before that game and yeah. went. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nippert's, Nippert's yeah. a really cool experience, man. I it's it's You don't expect it to be the stadium it is until you get inside, and I really have always enjoyed Nippert Stadium. Exactly. Um, so, Nippert, and then my second one, it was hot as hell, but South Alabama was really fun. I hate that stadium, but as a road game, it was a fun game because Patrick, that guy, and I um, stayed at the beach for like a week and went and partied on the battleship for the pep rally and everything like that. That was a lot of fun, real, real memorable. Yeah, all of them picked UCF and all of them picked Tennessee. That's disturbing to me. Another one that is kind of a uh, uh, honorable mention, I guess. Uh, Memphis played at Louisiana Monroe last year. Uh, I, I live about an hour north of Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, we made the drive down last year. Met my parents uh, down there. That is a really neat 
uh, stadium and campus to me. Uh, very nice, very clean. Uh, and the fan base to me is what made it, man. Every fan from Louisiana Monroe that we met uh, was, man, thank you all for coming down here. You know, this is a big game for us. You know, thank you all for bringing fans. I mean, just super nice people down there. Uh, that's not a bad little stadium down in, down in Monroe. Nicest fans I think I've come in contact with at an away game would be Missouri fans. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri fans are super, super nice. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I could agree because me and Braden actually went to go see Missouri play Oklahoma State. And they were, you know, by far the nicest, one of the nicest SEC fans other than Georgia, of course. But, uh, yeah, like, Brandon, I, I haven't gone to Columbia, but it's on my bucket list if we can never go back up there. Mom but, uh, and Dad yeah. in the late 90s when we played them up there, and they said the same thing. The we were there for that. Very nice. But, yeah, they basically came when they came down and played Oklahoma State, me and Brandon went, and they were just, like, one of the nicest, classiest fans that we – other than Iowa State fans, of course. You know, Iowa State fans were pretty nice as well to us when they played us in the Liberty Bowl. But, uh, hey, they drank Beale Street yeah. beer. Yeah, they did. But remember, Brandon, their players at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, they were just like talking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you know, it's fun just to interact with y'all this week. You know, it's been a pleasure because y'all are two of my best friends, or three of my best friends, who I wanted to basically get on all together at one point throughout the year. And I'm like, you know, hey, it's best to talk to y'all because we've been around the crazy years, the good years and the bad years all together, you know, yeah. as a fan. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you both guys for being on the show with me and John. Uh, Absolutely. Man. Let's get on here and watch some college football. Got games kicking off here in just a minute. Of course, I was going to do the head pick, I guess, on this Georgia-Bama game. Uh, so far, they got two picks for Bama. Um Man, thank you guys very much for being on the show. Guys, if you don't mind, share our show. Uh, you know, trying to get as many views and likes as we can. Uh, we've had the show up, the page up on Facebook for a little over a month, and we're pushing 200 likes and 200 uh, follows. So not bad work so far for me and John. Uh, we have a blast doing it. Guys, thank you for being on the show. Fans, have fun watching college football. Go Tigers. Go Hawks. Hey, go Tigers, baby. Go Tigers.